Hello everybody, welcome back to the Aspie and Menopause podcast. I'm thrilled to have Julie Nelson back today and she is going to talk to us about tarot and explain what it is and she's going to do a three card reading for all of us for July. So I'm absolutely thrilled. Thank you Julie for coming back and welcome. Thank you, Wendy. And you know, I love um, talking about my passions and my business. So thank you for having me back. I love it. Absolutely love it. And I'm looking forward to this. Awesome. Can you explain the difference between tarot, oracle cards? Yeah, absolutely. So with tarot, it's a very structured deck of cards, whereas oracles are messages as is tarot, however, they have different cards. There's the minor arcana, um, which you've got all your suits like cups, pentagrams, swords and wands, or sometimes the pentacles are called coins. And each of those is a suit and they represent the elements. And then you've got the major arcana, which um, just for a few examples, are like the world, the sun, the fool, the moon, and they all have their own representations as well. And so when you're doing um, tarot, it's quite different. It can look at a journey for you. It can be self-reflection, as can oracle cards. But oracle cards are more pick a card. You can do a three-card spread. Um, But as pick a card, you can pick a card a day, and you can do that with tarot as well. They sort of cross over in a lot of ways. Um, but they're more specific. So you can get different um, designs of tarot decks. However, with oracle cards, they actually can come in all shapes and sizes and be different. So the cards I'm going to do a mini reading on today, they're um, based on astrology. I've got my fragrant oracle, which is based on essential oils and perfumery. I've got a Kuan Yin deck where it's messages from Kuan Yin. So there's different energies and they just read differently. They're a different energy. You're getting different results in some ways when you're looking at the two of the different kinds of decks. How do they fit in with playing cards? Is there any relationship? Yep. So with playing cards, you can actually do readings with playing cards and it's called cardomancy. And you're working more with the numbers, but you do have the suit cards like the jack, the queen, the king, and you've got the ace. And you can um, you can associate them to some of the tarot cards. So especially with the numbers and the higher suit cards. And, yes, you can absolutely. And they were like the original cards from way back that were used in readings. So definitely um, they've all stemmed from a typical card deck. And with... um, I I like to actually mix them. Like I love the major arcana and working with that. And so sometimes I will pull a major arcana card 
or two or three, whatever I feel called to, with oracle cards, like I'll mix and match them. Some people don't like to do that. They don't align with that, and others do. So I'm very eclectic, so I have no issue with mixing them up. And you can bring the numerology into it as well with the numbers because a lot of cards, either oracle or tarot, they have numbers. Yeah, so once again, look, the best way to start off with tarot, so the numbers do come into play with tarot and um, each of the suits, so um, pentacles or coins, wands, swords, um, what did I what did I miss? Can't remember. Um, they actually represent the different elements of earth, air, fire, water. So you can bring that in. And then if we look at, um, so for example, water and earth, they are the feminine energy. Air and fire are the masculine energy. And I'll just um, share. So like cups are all about water. And if you feel, if you think of a cup, you know, it's filled with, let's say, water. And then pentacles, pentacles are associated to earth, mother earth. So water is associated to the moon. So they're the two feminine energies. Okay. And then, yes, the numbers. And the numbers all have different um, meanings. And the thing is, it depends when you're doing a reading, it depends on what cards show up in the reading, what cards are pulled. So it may be that you get um, pentacles one, one of pentacles. So that's generally about the self. It's solo. If it's the pentacles, of course, it's feminine energy. It's earth. So it can be material things. It can be, it's about the self the inner self, looking at the feminine energy. And then depending on what other cards are with it, you get a journey. You see, you start to see a theme and a story, which we will see when I do the astrology cards, all right? And I'll do it where I pull one card, give you an explanation, and then when we do the three or five, whatever I feel like doing, um, we'll see that there's a definite theme in there. And so that's what you want to follow. And with oracle cards, often people just pull one card and you can pull it daily, you can pull it weekly, you can pull it monthly, whatever you want. I I, I always suggest you don't pull too many because they can conflict and yet they can confuse you. So um, pulling one card a day for both tarot and oracle is a really good way to get to know them Um, and that's a tip about learning tarot and oracle however you don't you don't um, I have found with some people when they pull too often they get confused because there's different messages Um, not all of the time but sometimes so you can do it but it's something I'm more inclined to just do it when I feel like it and before you pull a card, what is the process you have to go through to make sure that the the question actually comes through? That's a really, really good question because 
most people have a question to ask that they want answered. They want guidance. They want to know the answers. I actually don't use questions. I don't, I don't like asking the question and I don't like my clients asking the question. I always say to them, I don't read with questions. So to answer your question, when somebody is wanting the answer to something, yes. So when you're shuffling your cards, you're focused on it. Like for me personally, and people may, different readers may be different. So for me personally, I'm focused on that individual and I tune into them. So if there is a question, then the reader might be focusing on that. And, you know, like I'm, I'd be saying to myself, you know, um, I'm doing this reading for Wendy and her question is this, and please bring forth the cards that are going to give her the right message for her highest good and the good of all. But as I said, I don't use questions. And if somebody has a question, that's fine. I don't want to know it because I like to work purely with my intuition and what comes up. And so I will be shuffling and go, I want to pull the cards. It might be collective. It might be for a single person. And, you know, I'm just putting it out there. And often I've done a mini consultation or a full consultation with people anyway, and I just ask the cards, the universe, to bring the cards forth that need to be seen, that need to be read. So that's how I personally... I don't personally like to put a question in there because I trust in what is going to come out and I, I work with my intuition, so... That way the information's coming down rather than you kind of inventing it in your head. That's really cool. From the highest good. Exactly. And that's how a lot of it, well, it's so true. And that's how a lot of people work with astrology. I know it's a different topic. Like sometimes you'll have astrology readings, the astrologers will study your chart, then you jump on and have your call. Whereas for me, I don't want to know any information until we start that call. So I don't do any homework or research. I just get on and I read what comes in. And sometimes there's so much information that comes in. Yeah, it's not coming from my logical brain and my intellect. It's it's coming from my higher self, my universal energies, the cosmos, whatever you want to call it. It's a tool. And honestly, we don't actually need any tools because everything is within us. However, when we've got these tools, they potentize or they help us to, to respond or call in the information that we need. And especially for tarot and card readings, I mean, people can do um, psychic or spiritual or energetic readings, however they do it. I love working with tools, especially with magic, because it potenizes it. Um, but these give you the guidelines. And yes, or each of the cards have a meaning, but it's really, for me, important for people to tap into their intuition and really trust what comes for them to send out that message, to give that message. Mm, that's wonderful. 
I can tell that you're contemplating and processing that. It's, it's good because one of the things is for me, I believe that we know. We know all that we need to know. It's just that we've not been taught that. You know, we haven't grown up with being opened up to receiving everything that is available to us, messages, intuition, um, whatever you want to call it, different energies, psychic abilities. So we all have it. It's about believing in ourselves, trusting and knowing, like knowing that we know. And that takes practice as well. We're all different. So for me, I've got a lot of water in my chart and a lot of air. And so I'm a thinker and I, I'm up there in the ethers or I'm down there in the water. So there's the thinking and the feeling, whereas somebody might be um, very earthly and may not have that ability because they're so grounded, um, they may not, they may find it difficult to tap into their higher realm. But once they start to practice, they'll see, you know, it's all there. It's all there for the picking. It's all there for us to receive. That's really cool because definitely growing up, you know, you were told what to believe and, you know, you, you weren't or to trust yourself, that you had to kind of get the answer from someone else. You couldn't actually go within. That's that's. Absolutely correct. We were indoctrinated, schools, um, religion, politics, and it still happens today. But I think once you get a little taste and you get a little bit more and then you can move into different. Yeah, you develop these skills. And for some people it comes more naturally or more easily than others. And that's okay. It's persistent and consistent action and the wanting, the desire to learn and grow through it because it's really magic. Magic really happens. I mean, you know, there's a lot of countries where their governments um, work with astrology, for example, and they may work with tarot. I don't know. But they, they have their own astrologers that they work with. So when is the right time to make these decisions? Um, some corporate companies use them. I, you know, I know that astrologers do readings for corporate companies, so it could be when's the best time to bring in a new intake of staff or what kind of person are we looking for for this particular area? When should When is the best time for our company to do the marketing because what they do is they look at you you look at the the birth chart of that business and then you can look at the transits so it's like I know I've I've diverted here but it all it's all um astrology is reading it's a mathematical it's energetic Cards are reading, they're energetic, and when there's numbers brought into it, numbers, everything is numbers, everything is energy. It's real. It's, it, you know, it is. And they can measure energy. They have been able to for a long, long time 
So the science is coming into it. It's interesting. There's a suspicion that stuff you've been told is bad or it's because it's got power in it. And by telling us not to go there, it's like if you can't read a book, then books have all the knowledge. And if you can't read, you can't access it. Yeah, knowledge knowledge is power. And it's about control as well. And I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm, I'm Julie's theorist, you know. I follow me. I follow my own intuition and I'm, I'm grateful that I've been able to get to this place. But I do believe that there is really it's quite blatant if we, if we open our eyes and look at it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if we didn't know, the last two and a half years, it's like, holy. And it's just interesting because I had a chat with a woman who's, she's a medium. She was also talking about going within where what you see, what's going on inside is reflected on the outside of you. And then building that kind of inner trust to kind of work inside you. And then, so now I'm thinking that the tarot cards could actually help you do that inner work as well. So Julie, have you got some tips for a beginner like myself to find out more about tarot? One of the things when I learned tarot, I learned on the Rider Waite, and that's a universal tarot, and it's the easiest, so they say the easiest tarot deck to learn on, and they say once you can read the Rider, you can read any tarot deck, because some tarot decks are quite abstract and quite unique, and they hold the personality of the creator. So the Rider weight is a beautiful, easy, like it's got great images. I don't rely on the images. However, when you're learning tarot, it's got the images that tell a story, like each card has the story within the visuals as well. The other thing is there is so much information to learn with tarot that I'm going to say, put it down, don't even get a book. Because when I studied it, you know, over 20 years ago, oh my goodness, we, the teacher was brilliant, but she gave us so much information. It was like, I don't know how I'm going to learn all of this. This is like scary. And I just put it down for a long time. So Again, it's about tapping into your own intuition and allowing the messages to come through. And you can practice with that. And the more you do it, the easier it becomes. And so one of the best ways is just you might choose to start with one of the suits, like pentacles. And so every day, just pull a card from the suit of the pentacles and sit with it, meditate it with it, look at the images, trust yourself, like just sit with it and see what words and that come to you, what feelings, you know, tap into your feelings, any words or sentences or symbols that might come because they're messages for you to bring into the reading of these cards. And the other thing is that there's plenty of, um, you can get it all over the place. You know, you can go onto YouTube, you can um, Google, just get keywords for each suit or card and learn the keywords. You don't have to learn the whole book or the whole story. Trust, 
trust yourself. That's the biggest thing is trust the messages you receive. So the keywords give you the theme and you know the element, you know. So just work with one suit at a time. And then you can start with the major arcana, which I personally feel are much easier to learn. You know, I mean, the, if you think about it, there's a ma- the, one of the major arcanas, the Wheel of Fortune. I mean, you know, a lot of the cards speak for themselves. This is about fortune, luck. There's the moon. Well, we know the moon, well, maybe not everybody, but the moon represents the feminine energy, feelings, emotions, intuition, There's the sun, it's the vibrancy, the action, the motivation. So when you understand some key words, then, you know, you start putting them with the cards and then you start playing with them. And so once you've done that and you feel good with it, take the next step and maybe do a three-card reading and you might just use the suits to do that. And then later you might, and then you, or you might just use the major arcana. Then you can mix and match them. And it's just allowing yourself to get used to the cards, to get used to the feelings. Don't rely on the images. Um, trust. It's trust. They would be my first top tips. Okay. So right away deck, get that. Um, you said start with the suit of pentacles. One a day. Any one of them. Just pick a suit and then just pull a card a day and sit with it, be with it, see what it feels for you. And in the meantime, you can Google the keywords for each card. Yeah. Just play with them. And then three-card readings can just be past, present, future. Now, that can either be yesterday this morning, or it could be 10 years ago. So have your clear intention about that. And for the future, it could be in an hour's time. It could be next week. It could be tomorrow. It could be a month away. It could be five years away. So having that intention or, and when you get used to it, it's like me, I just trust what's coming up. And generally for me, it's about the present. What's going on with me now? I like I like to be in the present the past doesn't exist anymore. I don't need to know about it. The, the future hasn't come. It's great to have goals and look look at what might um, be there to support. And I, I tend to focus on the now. But as I said, we're all different. So um, work with, you know, tune, tune in and work in with what aligns and resonates with you. I don't believe there's any hard, fast rules for anything. Some may disagree. (laughs) I think rules are made to be broken or bent, as long as we don't intentionally harm another. And uh, when you said about the suits, you're talking about the four elements. I know those from aromatherapy, the fire, water, earth, air. Yes. So swords are air, wands are fire, pentacles are earth. Um, cups are water. And then you can think, okay, so with the elements, um, water and earth are feminine energy. Fire and air are the masculine energy. Water is about 
intuition, feelings, emotions. Air is about the mind, the intellect, communication. Earth, again, being feminine, the grounded material um, connection, the inner self. And then fire is transformation. You know, if we think about fires, they can be quite destructive. But they're out with the old, in with the new. You know, like our Australian bushfires, if they're not lit by somebody, Mother Nature creates a bushfire to burn out all of the debris that's not serving the forests and also preventing regeneration. So fire is transformation, renewal, yeah, transition. So there, you know, learning those few things and then key words, you know, what the numbers represent and... And do the numbers represent the same thing across the, the suit? So it's like a number three. Yes, all numbers represent the set. The numbers, wherever it shows up, a one is a one, a two is a two, for everything. Where the differentiation sits is the element in the suit. Yeah, and the element will tell you what that suit represents. Got it. Brilliant. Okay. Well, do you want to pick three now? That'd be great. Yeah, absolutely. So what I'm doing here is I've got a deck that I love to play with and work with it because I love my astrology and I love doing readings. So basically I don't use the full deck because most people that I'm doing this for um, may not know their astrology chart or understand everything about astrology. So I in this um, deck that I'm using I've got the 12 houses so um, they represent the houses in astrology represent different areas of our life I have the elements earth air fire water I have the planets the, the main planets and I um, also bring in Lilith okay I saw Jupiter symbol there when you were shuffling it's like yay <laughs> I love Jupiter. It's one of my favorite planets. And I have brought in one of the asteroids, Lilith, because Lilith's quite well known as who got, you know, who got its essence. And of course, the signs. So I'll do a shuffle. And yeah, this will be a collective. So everybody will have their own interpretation of what it represents for them which is the beauty about this too and the thing is too that you might find that um, different readers will give you different messages but it's about your perception the person who's receiving the reading it's about their perception how it relates to them or how they can use it and you'll find that everybody will probably find a message if they don't they're not open to receiving but if they don't relate to it or anything it's like okay well that's something to look at and ponder on because it's generally there might be um it's about protection you might be wanting to protect yourself it could be that you're just simply not open or you don't believe it but anyway what i'll do is i'll go quiet for a moment and shuffle the cards and that I'm calling in 
beautiful cards for the highest good of all that will take on these messages. Okay. I'm feeling to take from the top of the deck. Sometimes I cut the deck. So I just trust what I feel. Sometimes I shuffle in between. Sometimes I don't. So I just trust what I feel to do at that moment. So, okay. The first one that's come up is Chiron. So in astrology, so Chiron represents the wounded healer. It's about healing. Chiron rules the sixth house with Virgo. So you'll see Virgo up there. And it is an earth element, earth sign. So when we look at cards like this, I'll bring all of these um, features in the earth, the Virgo, the house. So the sixth house is about well-being, health, and also organization and structure, earth element love structure and it's very grounded and connected so what we'll do is we'll see a theme with these and the first thing could be um and it may be about the self it may not be it and it doesn't necessarily have to relate to a person it could be you know is your business in a healthy state are you in a healthy state? Is your spirit, is your essence? So you will know um, what this will represent. So I'm feeling to shuffle again, so I will. And I'm going to take from the top again. And, whoopsie-daisy, we have, I picked the cards upside down. I don't do upside-down readings either, by the way. The 12th house, nice. So this is about, now, this is interesting because I already have a theme and a message going on in my head, but I'm not going to share it right at the moment. But the 12th house is the last house of the zodiacal wheel. So it's like the, the end of a journey and, and as you move back into the, first house it's like new beginnings and it's about the self and the 12th house is Pisces Neptune and it's the element of water so to give you some key points about this of course Neptune is all about imagination Neptune is the ruler of the ocean so it's quite a powerful card water represents intuition and feeling emotion I've got goosebumps. <laughs> That's awesome. And then Pisces is the dreamer. So it's like let your imagination run wild, dream big, and 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 trust what comes. So it's very powerful. So there is a theme here. So this is with the house. This is about the area of interestingly 8th house and 12th house um 12th house is psychic abilities intuition magic can come into it card readings and 8th house full-on magic yes so they're the two yeah 
I'm feeling, you know, I naturally went to shuffle again, so I'm going to uh, allow that. And feel ready to pull. And again, I'm going to pull from the top. Oh, do you know, I just knew Venus was going to come into this. I love it. So Venus, the goddess of love, beauty, abundance, prosperity. She rules both Libra and Taurus. So Taurus is an earth sign and Libra is an air sign. So there's that aesthetic beauty, the beautiful mind, the beautiful communication, beauty all around. Venus's key word is beauty and love. And so they're the second and seventh house. The seventh house with Taurus um, is stability, structure, your own money. And... Um, seventh house with Libra and Venus is relationships, love and relationships. So I'll see how I feel with this. I don't know. I might choose to pick one more card. So what we've got here is Chiron was our first card. Okay. So the theme is about organization, um, tapping into the feminine energy, the earth, and um, it's also about well-being. And I, I feel like this is, with the middle card, about really tuning in to our imagination and dreaming big because through this um, organisation, um, some structure and healing will come. So it's trusting and dreaming big, like go for it. Don't hold back. And this is when you take a notice of this, you'll, you'll receive the healing. And, of course, Venus is saying don't hold back. There's so much abundance out there. This is about receiving and loving yourself and really honouring yourself so you can see the theme. So when you do these things, the healing will occur because that was the first card, so that's the theme. So quite simply, it's like just dream big, be love, Love yourself because when we love ourselves, we open ourselves up to becoming magnetic and attracting what we need. We um, Self-love brings confidence and worthiness and, you know, that trusting. So that, that was a very simple, I, I would love to know if that, re, you know, if anybody picks up on that. And I actually do feel to pull one more card. Um, that's actually an inspire. I get excited. I'm finding that quite an inspiring uh, message. And by the way, there's very strong, there's very strong feminine energy here with Chiron and Virgo being Earth, um, Pisces and Neptune in the 12th house is water, and then Venus has got Earth and air. And air is about communication so as well. Like mind how you communicate with yourself because my feeling is that this is about the self. However, 
some may align it to their business or their work or whatever. But let's let's see what fourth card comes in because I think this is going to be um, about action again. Okay. Two. Oh, well, that's pretty perfect because, again, we've got the energies of Venus and Taurus because Taurus and Venus are the native rulers of the second house. So it's Earth. So, again, that very grounded, earthy, it's material. So in the material world. Now, this is also about security, stability, and the second house is hedonistic, so seeking out pleasure, and which is Venus, you know, all of the beautiful, divine, luscious things, which makes sense with this reading. So when we, so remember, this is what we want to achieve. We want to achieve the groundedness, the connectedness, and it's earth, so material things so um, more likely our outer world as well and the healing will occur when we dream big right we're going to dream big and imagine what we desire and trust then we've got beautiful venus that's saying go for it there is so much abundance out there and love yourself up and then with house two, it's about your own money. Don't be afraid to spend money on yourself. Enjoy. Take pleasure in what you do. And that is actually a really strong message for me for women as well because often we don't put ourselves first, especially as mothers or partners. You know, often with women, even our pets, we put ourselves last. You know, we're givers. So being and receiving. And if I may, like, add another dimension or another level to that, because this is what I do in my readings. So intuitively I'm saying I'll give you three essential oils. So rose. Rose is the queen archetype. Rose represents love, self-love, compassion, kindness, trust, truth. And she is ruled by Venus. Wow. Oh. Um, second house in Taurus with the Venus, Vetiver, which is beautifully grounding and sensual, connecting and very stabilizing. It's a very Taurian oil. It's like have the fun. So Rose is saying be in receiving. Own it. Love yourself up and receive pleasure and if people offer you things like receive gifts and gifts don't have to be a materialistic gift it can be your own intuitive gifts remember because they're coming from the 12th house of big dreaming and imagination and flowing and I just want to say too that came in if you feel like you're not quite sure what direction to go in, sit with it. Just allow because we know the answers. And then um, with vetiver, with that receiving, it's going to help us stay grounded. And it's a very, you know, um, vetiver essential oil comes from the root of the vetiver grass and it's planted around 
banks and rivers in India, and they're using it in Australia up north, actually, in the subtropics, in dams and, you know, because it prevents the earth from collapsing. So vetiver helps us to hold ourselves. It prevents us from collapsing. So it's like seeking that pleasure and it's okay and it is that materialistic and both are very sensual and feminine. Um, And it's interesting because the other oil that has just popped into my mind is sandalwood. And with sandalwood, yeah, um, yeah, they're they're beautiful. Sandalwood is actually about releasing that that doesn't serve you or releasing the past so that you can move forward with grace. It's earth and water, so it's about moving with the flow. And one of the things, the visions I've always had with sandalwood is imagine yourself as this tree nymph, this beautiful tree nymph, and your roots are deep, deep, deep in Mother Earth, and you're taking up all that nurturing nourishment that's filling you up, but also keeping you grounded and connected and stable. And then you know, your trunk moves up out into the canopy and the tips of the leaves and the branches, which is reaching out into the cosmos. And so if you think about it, you've got that beautiful connection and flow with earth and cosmos. And it helps to bring you into alignment. Reach for the stars and beyond, but you're still connected we've got that ever-flowing cycle of earth and cosmos earth and aligns and balances your chakras so you're receiving you're grounded you know tap into the universal energies of love and abundance it's all there for you and if you are feeling um that visualizing yourself like walking up to a beautiful tree and merging with the tree into her trunk, traveling down into her roots and, you know, coming back up and moving up through the leaves and the branches so that you're, you know, you're just this divine being and that will help to ground you. I often um, see like threads of gold as the roots growing from my feet because I'm not a very grounded person. I've only got one earth in my chart. I'm either in the deep dark ocean or up there in the ethers. So it's very important for me to ground myself every day. I love that. Can just Wow. <laughs> I love those those oils. I, I, all, all three of them are gorgeous. They are, and I'll even give the – the audience say recipe and how I would do it is um, in, you know, like maybe five mil of jojoba oil is a, a, a light anointing perfume. So you can sm- apply it, smell it, visualize your dream, inhale it again. And that's like your perfume, your intention equals your daily ritual. Only takes a minute or two. Right, and I would do one drop of vetiver, two drops of sandalwood, and 
depending on whether your rose is diluted or not, but most people have a diluted rose. So you can do six drops. And then play if you want more earth in it. Just go one drop at a time to use that as a base or as it is. Well, I'm going to make that later today. I love those three. Thank you, Julie. Oh, my gosh. Oh, you're so welcome. You're so welcome.